It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Guessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you from COG Studios on Monday, June 10th. Uh, that's right, a Monday before the LA Galaxy's Wednesday, June 12th U.S. Open Cup match against Orange County FC. I'm your host, Josh Gessman. The Panda himself is off to France right now. He is in France. He is covering the Women's World Cup as we speak, and so he will not be on this particular show. We'll probably get a call-in from him maybe a little bit later in the tournament, so that way he can sort of update us with what he's seen there so far and in case any LA Galaxy news breaks. And he has the inside track on it. We'll, of course, hook up with him. But the uh, the time difference not working in our favor right now. As I said, the LA Galaxy preparing for a Wednesday U.S. Open Cup game against Orange County FC, the last amateur team in the tournament. Um, so very interesting whenever you look at the, uh, the opponent that the LA Galaxy are facing and certainly got a good draw in terms of the pot that they were in. Um, LAFC has to play uh, Real Salt Lake and host them, and the LA Galaxy will host Orange County FC. So, um, you know, by, by all intents and purposes, the LA Galaxy should be able to get by an NPSL team. However, Orange County FC has been living a charmed life so far, so we'll see if that indeed happens. Uh, the LA Galaxy getting internationals up and activated and called up. And as we talked about, I believe, on Thursday... We talked about knowing that Jonathan Dos Santos was with Mexico in the Gold Cup. Jonathan Dos Santos scored a goal um, for Mexico in their last game, I believe, against Ecuador. Uh, Uriel Antuna was part of that game as well, actually in the starting lineup for that game. So he actually made an appearance there. And we had told you that Antuna, it looked like, would be on his way back to the LA Galaxy. Well, things may have changed. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Giancarlo Gonzalez-Pipo is going to be gone with Costa Rica. And then Rolf Felcher, even though he's injured, uh, will, of course, be away with Venezuela for Copa America. So three Gold Cup call-ups. It looks like uh, Uriel Antuna will be staying with Mexico at least until Friday. We're going to be joined by by good friend uh, John Rojas here in just a couple of minutes. Um, so that way we can talk to him about all of that, including a complete update uh, and a very thorough update from John, who was at training today on Monday as the Galaxy get ready for this U.S. Open Cup round. Uh, certainly the rumors around uh, Christian Pavon continue or Pavone I keep saying it wrong even though I know how to spell it and know how to say it uh Christian Pavone continue to swirl around the LA Galaxy this is something now that that continues to heat up and whether or not it has any legs to it it certainly does in terms of I know there's interest from the LA Galaxy I think John's going to give us a little update on that as well would remind you to head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where of course you can get all of our merchandise help out and support the show Uh, we always appreciate it still some scarves for sale there Um, as soon as I get rid of these last scarves we'll of course try to uh, design and get a new one out there so that'll be something that you'll want to watch and want to see as well so keep your eye on cornerofthegalaxy.com I also had a great conversation today with Jamie Bacon Uh, if you remember on Thursday's show I told you Jamie was uh, of course still trying to round up US Open Cup tickets basically if you're a season ticket member you got your tickets for free um those free tickets then usually just go to waste i mean whenever you look at it the game is being held at the track and field stadium quite honestly i think if all the season ticket members actually showed up to a wednesday midday midweek game uh there wouldn't be enough seats uh to be sold at all uh quite honestly there's that that stadium's not that big uh, I think it might top out at about 5,500 whenever you use uh, seats on both sides. And uh, it's usually, if, if you had all season ticket holders, assuming there's anywhere between 7,500 and 9,500 season ticket members, um, then you would expect that, that that stadium would be completely full. But that's not what happens on a midweek game for the U.S. Open Cup. So season ticket members get their tickets for free. Jamie is of the opinion that you should use those free tickets, or if you're not going to use them, that you should give them up. Uh, so if you're interested in, in trying to, uh, to get rid of those, free open cup tickets and be given to people who then will go to the game um trying she's of course trying to get as many people to the game as possible then that's something i implore you to do you can hit us up here at galaxy podcast on twitter send me an email hit me up on instagram however you want to do it uh, i will put you in touch with jamie so that way you can make that happen um and and then uh do that so that's uh that's sort of where we stand right now uh with the la galaxy um and their u.s open cup match of course coming up in on this 7 30 p 
p.m. Wednesday night kickoff against the MPSL side, uh, Orange County FC. All right, so what I want to do is, may not be a very long show, and that's okay. Not a ton of information that's been updated since Thursday. If you want a really complete show so far, Thursday still seems to be the place that you want to go there. Um, so you can listen to last Thursday's show, but I am going to give you a little bit of a preview of Orange County FC. I actually watched some of their games, went back and watched some of the replays on ESPN+, Plus, um, and can give you a little bit more information about them as you head into this Open Cup game. And uh, with John's insight, somebody we're certainly going to get to uh, here in a second, with John's insight, uh, I think you'll be more than uh, than updated on all of, uh, of Guillermo Barascolotto's thinking, at least on the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, so let's do that. Let's go to John Rojas right now. Uh, he is a correspondent for ASUSA, uh, which, of course, is the uh, U.S. version in, uh, of, uh, of Dario um, AS, which is from Spain. And then, of course, he also covers for football MLS. Uh, and then he also does a, uh, a podcast with uh, two other guys. Uh, he says that it's called Jugador Franquicia, which he tells me is the Spanish translation for designated player. But knowing John, uh, he could, of course, be joking me. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. John Rojas. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Everything is fine. That's good to hear. Now, I know you were out at training today, so it's uh, Monday as we're recording the podcast. You went out to training this morning. The LA Galaxy training through the weekend after, of course, having four days off earlier in the week uh, after the uh, the loss um, over the, the last weekend. So so not a fun time for them. They get some days off, maybe clear their heads, but um, you know, there's sort of a question now coming up with the U.S. Open Cup. Who's going to play and who's not going to play? There's international absences. There's a bunch of stuff to cover. So let's start, uh, first of all, with uh, one guy who was not out there training today, uh, the big, tall, six foot five guy. Maybe you heard of him, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, was was not out training today, and uh, and you got to talk to Guillermo about about him and whether or not you could possibly see him in the U.S. Open Cup, right? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I had this idea that he would play because, as we know, there's not much competition in about 20 days, and he may need games, right? Right. So you go with the idea that, well, may, he may use him. I mean, he doesn't have to travel. I know it's a team for a lower division, but you can take it as a training, and they're going to play at home. It's not at the uh, Dignity Hall Sports Park, but it's at the field uh, on the side of the stadium, and it's a really good field. I mean, condition-wise, it's a right. really good field. So, But, no, that's not what Guillermo was thinking. <laughs> yeah. So he said, he said this morning that it's, it's probably not a good idea, Um he spoke with his last and his last and stay inside today. He felt a little disconformed. Uh, so he's just giving him the time to rest and work and, and feel better for the actual competition, which is coming back to the MLS in the second part of the season. So he and Guillermo said at the same time, it's an opportunity for another guys to step up. I mean, it's not totally. No, it's, you're not going to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're not you're not going to see Zlatan. I, it's not totally surprising. I think you and I were sort of on the same wavelength, though, of that you're not playing any games for X number of days, for basically 20 days in the month of June, uh, with the international break, with Gold Cup coming up, with the Women's World Cup going on, with the Copa America going on. All these things are happening, and MLS uh, decides to take a a short break that will certainly not help them completely whenever it comes to internationals. But you know, seeing Zlatan out there would have been something that wouldn't have been totally a crazy idea. Whereas if this was during the regular season. In, uh, during play when there were plenty of games to do, of course you're going to rest them. So, so you're, you, Guillermo's basically telling us no Zlatan and, and don't expect him to, to be there, right? Yeah, certainly. I mean, if this was a regular season game, he will play for that, you know, for sure. He's fine. It's just feeling disconforming. We, we talk about this many times with, with them, with the players. There's nothing new for them, you know. Uh, no professional athlete at the highest level it's always 100% healthy. There's always something, a little bit of something. So it's fine. If that competition, if this game were um, a regular season game, he will play on it. Right. But in this case, you know, they can go either way. Either give him a little bit of time and, and, and minutes and play time or just, you know, put him on the shelf and, and, and let him rest. And, and that's the way that they're going with yeah, it makes some sense. Okay, so now we go on, and, and the other part of this, and certainly during this international break, is going to be the international absences. Now, we knew about People Gonzalez going to Costa Rica. We knew about Rolf Felcher going to Venezuela. We knew about Jonathan Dos Santos going to Mexico. Uh, uh, Uriel Antuna was also with Mexico and had also recently played in friendlies. We knew this. He played, um, let's see, what was that? Was that just last night, Sunday night, uh, whenever, uh, whenever Mexico played? 
Um, yeah, I mean, he played he play a couple of minutes right. in the first uh, game. Right. He actually uh, has uh, his debut there coming out of the bench, and he assists on uh, one of the goals. Right. And then yesterday he played uh, uh, from the start at 11. He yeah. started the game. And uh, he was active. He was very active during the game. He, uh, Tata Martino spoke very complimentary of Uriel. Uh, at the same time, saying that they, you know, want more out of him. That he probably was uh, caught off into the scenario and the fans and in the atmosphere. Right. And probably he helped a lot more on the defensive side and the running side than on the creative side. But they were happy, content with what he uh, he did. And and now. I think what you're uh, pointing out right now is uh, the decision that they had to make. Yeah, yeah, the decision. So another Mexico injury. We knew that uh, Antuna was on the bubble, and there was uh, hints of an injury uh, to one of the Mexican players earlier this week. Um, and then it sort of became, okay, well, that player ended up being fine. And then out of this game, out of this friendly that happened on Sunday, uh, there seems like there was another injury. And now there's a very good possibility that Uriel Antuna, who was going to be headed back to the LA Galaxy, looked like that was all but confirmed, is now still staying with the Mexican team until Friday right now as they're working and, and probably they see another injury to one of the defenders there um, and that could indeed keep them with uh, with Mexico throughout the Gold Cup. Is, th- is that sort of uh, consistent with everything that we've sort of had so far? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's only one uh, little thing there and it's last night after the game, Tata Martino, uh, the Mexican national team coach, he said that Moreno, the center back, is most likely out of the cup. So that will give Uriel Antuna uh, the spot. And this morning, speaking and talking with uh, Guillermo, he said that they don't have that decision yet. Uh, Uriel is going to be training with the Mexican national team until Friday. They have 24 hours before the first game to release the final list. Right. And that's when the decision is going to be you know, taken. So um, Uriel, Galaxy will know for sure what's going to happen in the near future with them on Friday. Yeah. And that's what uh, Guillermo expects. But it's something that, you know, called my attention. I was uh, talking to Guillermo about this, and I asked him just out of curiosity, in your way of managing players, when a player goes to a national team camp or call-up, whatever it is, uh, you know, official competition or friendlies, you keep contact with the player or you just let them go and, you know, and wait for the report to come back and the player to come back. And he said, no, we keep contact. But most important that keeping contact with the player, which we do, we keep in touch on a regular basis with physios and doctors of the national team, so we can have like a, 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 an actual and up-to-date um, inform of what's going on with the player. Yeah, yeah, that's that's some really interesting stuff uh, in terms of what, how they keep in contact and everything. But it, it, you know, for all intents and purposes, right now it looks like Jonathan Dos Santos, and quite honestly, I, I don't think the injury is going to sort of suddenly mend itself uh, to any of the Mexican players. It looks like Antuna is also going to be gone, which leaves the Galaxy minus four international players. Whenever you look at it, all right, we we, we can discuss more about right. that. You know why? Because because he's because uh, Josh is is two cases, right? right? So as is the midfielder and the center back, and in any of the two cases, Antuna is going to take the spot. So, because Antuna is on that roster, remember, teams um, have the ability to name 40 people for that roster, and Mexico didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have to they have to cover that spot of one of the two. If they're you know whoever is injured and out of the list, with the ones that they have on the preliminary roster, which is Antuna. Yeah, yeah, which is which is one of those things. I think um, uh, Tata only listed twenty eight or, or twenty nine players out of the possible yeah. 40, 40 that he could have. Yeah, out of the forty that he could have, as you saw with Rolf Felcher, who was named to a forty man preliminary roster, Sebastian Legette named to a forty man preliminary roster, and so then you're able to pull off of those preliminary rosters for any of the injuries with Antuna. Um, you know, there's just no other no other substitutes still on that list. They almost are, are down to twenty three guys without any of the uh, any of the. Uh, are with all those other guys injured with out of the 28, they basically lost five or six players in that in order to call Antuna. So it seems likely Antuna is going to stay with the Mexican national team, which means he won't be available for, you know, those three games that we sort of talked about uh, that will be coming up for the LA Galaxy. You know, certainly making the indication that I expect Mexico to make it to uh, to at least the semifinals, quarterfinals, finals of that uh, Gold Cup, along with the United States, possibly, maybe 
after seeing them play maybe not quarterfinals, uh, semifinals into the finals there as well. So uh, you could be seeing some of these guys not back for uh, for a very long time, which of course will impact the LA Galaxy. But um, I want to get to sort of the next thing that we're looking at now because the rumors have been swirling. Uh, I've been talking to people and people have been telling me that the uh, the Pavone rumors are are something to keep an eye on. Not necessarily that things are happening quickly or that things are definitely there, but that, that Pavone to the LA Galaxy is something that the Galaxy are interested in. Whether or not that'll happen, we'll see. But you got to talk to Guillermo about it. So I'd love to hear your conversation uh, with Guillermo about, uh, about Pavone and possibly coming from Boca Juniors to the LA Galaxy. Yeah, uh, but you know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play your role here, and I'm I'm gonna just uh, keep teasing the audience. And can we uh, open up parentheses and finish two names, two cases for for those players that are um, being with national team or possibility to collapse? Yes. Before we jump into Pavon. Yeah, go for it. Because it's because it's it's it's, it's interesting that you mentioned Rolf because he was at the at the 40 man roster. And remember that he was injured, right? He didn't play the last game with the Galaxy. Right. That he, he anyways, traveled for the national team. And Guillermo said, well, he's going to travel. He's going to go with the medical report. And then the national team uh, staff is going to take the decision either of if they keep him or they send back to us, right? Right. Usually in those cases, if the player is injured, they just come back to the, to the team. That's it. That's mostly it. But in this case, Venezuela opted to keep him with the national team. And um, uh, the coach of the Venezuelan national team uh, made very clear that um, Rolf is not 100% right now, that he wouldn't play on the two friendlies that Venezuela play here in, in the States, one with uh, Mexico and one with the U.S. men national team. But they will take care of Rolf until the beginning of the Copa America hoping that he could be part of the team. Yeah. So they will, anyway, knowing that he's injured, he will be in the final roster for the Copa America. So that's why Rolf stays with the, with the national team. I guess it's a vote of confidence, right? Yeah, it's... For the player yeah, from, it's, from, from the national team coaching the staff. Yeah, it seems that way. It's probably also a pretty good sign that, that Felcher's injury is not that serious in overall you know, severity. Um, that the coach from Venezuela thinks that there's a possibility that he would be good in time to, to still make an impact on the roster. Exactly. Now, the other one is, and maybe not much people know about this one, and is a guy that's probably going to play in this Open Cup game. I'm talking Emil Cuello. Mm-hmm. He was, he, was, uh, he was being selected as part of the U23 camp that is uh, going on for a week, right? Right. And, and uh, but he, he was asked to stay because he will play in this game. Gotcha. And, and he didn't, you know, it doesn't make any, any uh, sense that he will play this game and then go to the national team camp because it's only a week. So. Right, right. Make, make some sense there. All right. Um, all right, now let's go to Pavone because people are people are just <laughs> yeah. are killing me, dude. I, I get I get and quite honestly, asking the questions all the time of my sources and people close to the club, it's it's tough to sort of get a read on this. I feel like there is real interest from here, um, but I I was I texted you while you were at training. I'm like, yeah, yeah as if you wouldn't have asked, um, as you already had. Whenever I texted you, I'm like, hey, make sure you get GBS talking about Pavone because. I feel like he would say something that is definitive. Uh, Guillermo usually is. He's usually pretty upfront, especially with you, um, whenever it comes to talking about these rumors. So, so what did he tell you about Pavon? Yeah, so I have it. Uh, you spoke with him, and I have it on video in Spanish. So there's no way that you know somebody says he didn't do it. He didn't say it. Um, so here's the way the conversation went. I started just like a, as a you know regular uh, question talking about the transfer window approaching and the rumors right and if there is any proximity to those to those rumors to become reality and his first answer were, was was no you know there's no proximity there's no proximity here i don't think it's happening right now i don't think we're close to it basically what he said in spanish i don't think we're close to it right right it's just it is an interest from my part because i know what he you know can do what he can give us especially thinking about the future. Remember this uh, three, uh, 24 years old guy. So uh, that's Guillermo saying that he has this interest and that he knows what the player can, can bring to the LA Galaxy. 
So my follow-up question was, well, so you really and actually want him? And he said, yes, there is no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. And he, and he said it twice. Yeah. You know, so he made very clear that he wants Christian Pavon to be an LA Galaxy player. Okay? That's the main point here. Now, second is what's going to happen. Right. Right. So, well, Guillermo, what, what Guillermo said is, is, is this, and, and I think this is part of the, the way that he should behave in terms of being the face of the team and being the coach and, and not having the final decision. So he said uh, at some point the front office has to come out and say something. They probably will do all, the whole analysis and, and see if this makes sense, not only in the person, the, the, the player, the numbers, etc. And then decide if we're going to go for it or not. And that's why we are, 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 are waiting right now. But the, the fact here and the point here is that Guillermo wants that player. He made it very clear and he is emphatic that he wants the player be, to be an LA Galaxy player. Yeah, and, and you and I were talking earlier today about um, just in terms of, in terms of Pavone and, and sort of how his stock has dropped. I mean, we talked about, I, I think, in 2018, Arsenal, you know, possibly putting out a bid of up to 40 million pounds for him, uh, which is a significant fee. Now, now you talked about it and said that, that Messi uh, also playing with Pavone on, on the Argentinian national, Argentine national team um, was saying that, you know, Pavone is a great talent. And that's one of the reasons that his stock sort of has rised and it has fallen since then in Boca. Um, who have just lost the final again? I'm sure. I'm sure they're not pretty. They're not very happy about that. Um, but Boca, you know, really sort of needs the money. This is a player that wasn't playing for them and and was actually, I think, away on loan, as you were you were you were saying. So, I mean, you know, does this still make some sense for Boca and for the LA Galaxy? Yeah, definitely. Um, if we, you know, go chronologically, uh, yes, this is a guy who in 2017, Lionel Messi. After playing with him in a, in a national team camp, it was only for friendlies. He said, I, I really want to play with this guy because I never felt so comfortable in the, in the latest years with someone new like him. You know, there's always these core players that we play with, but nobody coming from behind the young guy made me feel like had the guns to be at this level and, and I want to play with him more. So, of course, you know, it's, Rumors started about Barcelona and Arsenal, and his stock just went right, skyrocket. But yeah, lately he he didn't perform that much. He didn't perform that well. He was on loan, and, and the fact is that Boca is starting to move around players. Of course, losing that Copa Libertadores against River Plate, and this this uh, past week losing another final, and the same week that River Plate turned around. A final and won another cup is, is making everybody basically, a, you know, uh, a player to be transferred because they they're gonna go around and rebound that roster, and they need money for that. Yep. And uh, one player that they have in mind because they have the connection uh, with the sporting director and because the the guy loves the Boca from the distance is the Rossi, who is free from from Roma in Italy. Rome and and he said so very clearly that he wants to go down in, to Argentina and play for Boca, so they need money for that. Yeah, and and it makes sense that you have a young player that is on loan that is not contributing to you, and someone comes and offer you money. Is it, it makes sense, you know? In the in in the business of, of soccer, you always can wait, you know. But if either you take the money now that the LA Galaxy is offering, or you keep dreaming of the fifty forty five millions that Arsenal at some point offers so, right. or, or wanna, wanted to offer. So I think it makes sense for both, and it has to be a specific way to settle this uh, transaction if they want to do it. Yeah, obviously the LA Galaxy uh, don't have a designated player spot open, don't have an international slot open. I have a feeling that there are ways around both of those, of which I am not smart enough to figure out. But we talked about, you know, a loan deal at some point, and I don't want to even really get into that. It's it's too technical at this point. The bottom line and the big news that John is certainly bringing to us here uh, on the podcast is that Guillermo Barrascoloto is interested in Pavone. It's a player that he wants, and now it's up to Dennis DeCloso in the front office to sort of figure out whether or not they can make that work and whether the deal makes sense and how to evaluate that and. and and bring him in whether that's for and and i think the the other side of that is that if it's not pavone you know should the galaxy expect somebody else of that nature of that size you know coming in john and i, I think you've you've told us that that guillermo said basically no yeah right that's the interesting part of, of that conversation with guillermo today because he said um 
I don't feel like we need to, you know, go out and rush ourselves and, and run to get a, a player just because we want a name, another name to bring here, or, or even if it is a big talent. But but we need to take this with with patience. We need to think about what we're doing. It's not like we are looking ahead and trying to, you know, who are we going to raise from this roster and who are uh, the ones that are coming. We're not doing that right now. We are happy with the roster that we have for what are we doing today? That's what he said. If you look at our results, uh, when we had the three games in a week, we lost the last one. Right. And it's something that it happens always to many teams in MLS. So it's not like we are, you know, the bottom of the table or we are in a crisis. We are actually good. We could be better, yes. But we're happy with the players that we have. And we need to build this in, in, in a in a, um, uh, in a consistent basis and not just rushing a window and getting someone. Uh, of course, Pavon is a different strategy because if you see what Atlanta did, it's something that Galaxy and many other teams can do, right? right? right. And for Galaxy, it makes a lot of sense because it's a player that already played for Guillermo. They know each other. He's young. He can come in. He can contribute, and he can live and you know, and and at the same time contribute not only on the field but money for the team at the end of his tenure here. So it's a big opportunity for both sides. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's certainly the sell-on and, and what you could possibly do with uh, with a 23-year-old who then becomes a 25- or 26-year-old uh, who's hitting his prime and being able to be sold to Europe after that is certainly interesting. Uh, whether or not the Galaxy, with the numbers that are floating around, John, uh, a, a large amount of money, uh, $12, $13 million maybe. Maybe it's only $8 million. It's somewhere between 0 and $20 million. That's about as close as I can get to, to some of these, but it's a large amount of money. I mean, we're talking about a record probably for the LA galaxy in terms of a transfer fee if it would go down that much and then they're also talking about percentage of ownership uh if you were to sell Pavone on and, and stuff like that so there's lots of ways to sort of you know cut this up and dissect it but uh it would be a huge move and a huge summertime move if if the galaxy could pull it off and for this for this for this kind of move it's interesting because they're coming from you know they're coming all from from south america from argentina and not only players, but the, the teams and the agents can see that this is happening, you know? Yep. You see Almiron, how he came in and, and, and went to the Premier League, and he's doing well. He's not doing bad. He's not, you know, the, the, better play, the best player right now on his team, but he's doing really good. And, and it's only the beginning of his career in Premier League. And then now, um, Barco went to the U20 World Cup, and there are already offers to take him to Italy. Yep. So, it, you know, it, it, it's happening. And the, the agents understand that for these young players, it's important if they have uh, their first international experience in a league like MLS where they don't have so much pressure, but it's still they can learn another language, they can have the experience of living abroad away from home and the comfort zone and learn more tactically of the game. Strength their bodies with with more physical, you know, a more physical league and more physical competition, and be more ready for the jump to the other leagues in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting time. Well, before we let you go here, John, uh, certainly uh, been insightful, and, and we always appreciate you coming on. But uh, but this is it. This was your last training with the uh, with the LA Galaxy, and you're going to be at your last game at the U.S. Open Cup game on Wednesday. You're you're headed back east again, and and I can't tell you how much that me personally, I'm going to miss you because you you and I sat next to each other in the press box and uh, basically talked to each other for 90 minutes as we watched the game. And so the insights, uh, you know, just being able to sort of say stuff out loud, having your input in it, and be able to talk our way through all that stuff I think has made me uh, cover the galaxy much better this year but I'm gonna miss you buddy so uh, so so safe travels thank you thank you I'm gonna miss you too it was really interesting to work with all you guys uh, uh, when I came uh, two and a half years ago from New York I wasn't expecting so much of a warm welcome that you guys gave me and uh, and I enjoy it and I cherish every moment that we share uh, hey, like I said, safe travels and, and all the best. And, uh, of course, we'll keep uh, following you on Twitter uh, just to give us all those great insights into into all the stuff you're doing. And if you end up covering one of those other teams, I'm sure, you know, there's the other people will get lucky as well. So <laughs> good luck, buddy, and, uh, and, and safe travels. I'm sure we'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, thanks. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. And, uh, and yeah, I'm going to keep uh, keeping my eyes open for LA and uh, LA Galaxy anytime. All right, there goes John Rojas. Uh, like I said, so insightful. We are really, if you're a Galaxy fan, you're going to miss John. 
Um, you're absolutely going to miss him. I, I don't know how they, how you could not miss him. Uh, he has done an excellent job and certainly being bilingual the way that he is. Um, it gives us real insight into Guillermo Barrichello. And I'll tell you right now, GBS tells John stuff that uh, simply he doesn't tell the rest of us. Or, or currently, listen... Uh, GBS has gotten so much better on his English side that it's getting a lot better, but he's way more comfortable in Spanish, duh. Um, that would be like me trying to answer questions in Spanish, and you'd be saying, Josh, you're clearly more comfortable in, in English, and sometimes I think people would argue against that. Uh, but anyway, John does such a good job and has a really, really great rapport with uh, with Guillermo Barrascoloto, but, you know, sort of guiding in and looking at these Pavone rumors. I mean, the, the big thing is sort of what I told you on Thursday is it, it seems, as I've been talking to people, uh, you know, around the club, uh, that there is still interest, that the Galaxy want him. Guillermo Barrascoloto says that he wants him. Um, you know, I don't know that there are talks going on, negotiations going on. If you look and see, it's certainly it, it, all the rumors are pointing to that there are detailed negotiations going on, that there is a percentage, as, as John and I talked about, about, you know, 50% for $8 million or $9 million or 70% for $13 million, and it's bouncing all over the place and how it goes. And basically, the percentage of the player owned basically means that if you sell them on, then, you know, whatever remaining percentage, the Galaxy owns 70% and Boca then gets 30% sell on uh, basically whatever if it's you know if you sell them for $100 million that means Boca gets $30 million and the Galaxy gets $70 million the big deal here is that whatever that number is whatever the 70% or 50% or whatever it is you'd have to sell him for more or or, or more than you got him for in order to recoup your money. Um, basically, the Galaxy, let's say if the Galaxy had to pay $10 million um, and then you're getting 50% of him, then you need 20, to sell him for $20 million in order to get your $10 million back. That's how that works. And so it's about valuing the, uh, the, the player. And then, you know, as John, I think, laid out pretty well, just talking about loan deals and everything else, um, could you get Pavone here on a loan deal? Um, is there something that we don't know? You know, did Jonathan Dos Santos take a pay cut? Um, and all of a sudden, he's not really a designated player, even though that's the way everything... I mean, those are the types of things that you have to sit there. I'm not saying that's what the case was, by the way. I'm just saying that there are things that we don't know. Uh, certainly with uh, the MLS players' salaries coming out here, uh, what what should be this week, uh, you might have a better insight into possibly what the LA Galaxy could do. But I get questions all the time asking me, how much TAM do the LA Galaxy have? How much uh, GAM, there I'll say it, just wants to make everybody happy. Uh, how much GAM you know, do the Galaxy have? The, the the bottom line is we don't know. Uh, the teams know. The teams know how much they have. Um, and every once in a while, there apparently is an email or something that's sent out and circulated so everybody can see what sort of uh, general allocation money each team has. And the reason for that is that you're able to, um, you know, then then verify whether or not somebody who's negotiating with you even has what they say they have and you're not wasting your time. I always thought that was sort of sketchy in terms of that other teams know. I know that was the case last year and the years before that they would send out an email and sort of let everybody know where everybody sat. So that way you could know who you could who you could negotiate with. Um, but for this, I don't know. Right now, MLS is saying the Galaxy have one open roster spot. So of the 30 players, the Galaxy have 29 players currently filled in. And technically, they have 30 players with Joel Pedro not counting for any of those as he's off and on loan um, in Portugal. So the Galaxy have one roster spot. They don't have an international slot. And as far as we know, they don't have a designated player slot. Um, so all those are all the things that you have to take into account whenever you're looking at whether or not the Pavone deal is going to make any sense for the Galaxy. Listen, it's a position of need at, at the right side. He's 23 years old. Certainly you would expect that his dip of form that he certainly has suffered, um, you know, is, is something that uh, would 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 be rectified here in major league soccer uh he's playing he wants to play for a coach who already knows who he is who has already gotten something good out of him so i mean those are those are the things and the and the facts that you look at whenever you're going through this is that the galaxy have the ability and the uh the the means quite honestly to go out and get uh you know a, a christian pavon um, it, it makes it, there's nothing in this that tells me the Galaxy don't have the money to make that happen. It's just the mechanism in terms of how it is. Uh, AEG can spend the money. Uh, AEG could spend twenty million dollars on Pavon. Maybe that doesn't make as much sense as spending maybe eight million or twelve million. But there's something in this that certainly leads me to believe that the Galaxy um, are perfectly capable of landing a player like Pavon and could possibly do it this summer. Uh, I'm of a believer that that Dennis DeClosa is a very smart guy. 
I'm a believer that Guillermo Barrascolotto knows what kind of players he wants. And whenever you heard John talking, he was talking about getting a player, not just to get a player, but a player that fits what they need. Uh, what this means for Roman Alessandrini is obviously the big question is whether or not Roman Alessandrini would have to be traded whenever he's injured. We talked about that on Thursday. So all of these things that we're trying to look at and understand all mean something. Um, and it's not necessarily something that could be impossible. It's not impossible. Um, but it's something that you have to be aware of that there are hurdles to getting it accomplished, right? The international slot is a hurdle. Is it an insurmountable hurdle? No, not really. You could loan somebody out. You could loan somebody to like, uh, like Didi Traore down to LA Galaxy 2, uh, and that would open up an international slot. Um, so all these things can sort of happen as you're looking at them and, and could really make the, the LA Galaxy um, you know, put a big splash in summer. Remember last year, and this is the biggest point. Last year, the LA Galaxy were not able to make any summer moves. Um, and because of that, other teams got better and the LA Galaxy did not. It's no longer in Major League Soccer okay to not make summer transfer moves when everybody else basically in the league or contenders within the league are making those moves to make themselves contenders, right? To, to really push themselves up and over sort of the, uh, the line that's going to be the playoffs. And, and Guillermo's right. He's, he, the team is positioned well. Uh, it's positioned well within the Western Conference. They're not playing great, um, but they're positioned well in the Western Conference to advance in terms of make it to the playoffs. But, you know, you're halfway through, or not even halfway through. You'll be halfway through after the next game uh, of Major League Soccer. You'll be halfway through. So, you know, is this team good enough halfway through? Those are the questions that you sort of have to look at and, and have to try to answer. Uh, and if the LA Galaxy don't make moves in the summer, is this team good enough to compete in the Western Conference knowing that teams like... Uh, LAFC sitting at the top are probably going to make a summer move whenever you see that they just sold out, sold one of their designated players back. Got teams like Sporting Kansas City are probably going to make a summer move. Teams like Seattle are probably going to make a summer move. Um, all these teams are going to try to make themselves better in the summer transfer window, and the LA Galaxy, if they want to be contenders, need to also be there. Whether they have the room to do that or not is the question, um, and that's something that you have to continue to sort of take a look at. Uh, not doing that last year did not help the LA Galaxy. Uh, being able to do that this year could very well spur the LA Galaxy into a position where they are a much better team in the second half than they were in the first half. You can increase depth. You can do a whole bunch of things. With the LA Galaxy currently playing with one arm tied behind their back, whenever you realize they don't have, they have a designated player who's not going to be able to play until September at the very earliest. So all of those things are sort of taken into consideration. Um, John Rojas was great, by the way, and I, I was sincere and honest whenever I said we were going to miss him. Uh, he's a great guy. I love sitting next to him, and so now I'll have to get right, used to a new uh, press box buddy uh, next to me and, and see see whether or not I like that person. You know, you never know how it's going to click, but John's a great guy. We're going to miss him, and I, I'm sure I'll stay in contact with him uh, so he can translate things for me, really, um, because he's 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 really good at the soccer stuff and, and really understanding on the soccer mind stuff, and so whenever I read something in Spanish, I can usually say, hey, okay, so this is what I'm getting from this, and then we can go into the depths of it. You know, he talks about Boca needing money money in terms of, uh, you know, to be able to rebuild the roster. Can the LA Galaxy supply some of that money right now in order to do that? And can they do that at a time um, when the LA Galaxy have a piece that they need? And, and Pavone fits that in terms of, you know, making sort of that, that right mid, that, that right winger, um, you know, a solidified position whenever you consider that Roman Alessandrini probably wasn't going to go past this particular, um, you know, season with a contract. Uh, with a new contract anyway. So all these things sort of planning for the 2020 season as well as backing up the uh, the last uh, half of the 2019 season. All right, let's get a little bit to the uh, the schedule before we get going. Uh, LA Galaxy coming up, U.S. Open Cup on Wednesday, June 12th. Then you have a Saturday, June 22nd game as well. This will be at FC Cincinnati. These are the, these are the games right now that we're going to be talking about that really are probably going to be affected by the, um, by the Gold Cup and by the international absences that are going on right now. So you have Saturday, June 22nd at FC Cincinnati. Then you are away on Saturday, June 29th to the San Jose Earthquakes. I'm currently supposed to be up at that game and covering it from Stanford Stadium. Um, then Thursday, July 4th at home to Toronto FC. Uh, and then you get uh, home to the San Jose Earthquakes on Friday, July 12th. So all of those games look like there's a good possibility they could be affected, even though all those tournaments are supposed to be over by July 12th. Um, there's still, if you're talking about guys coming back from international duty and whether or not they are going to be tired and how they're going to do it, you're basically looking at probably missing those four players that we talked about. Also, Emil Cuello, um, who, who John talked about a little bit and having to turn down a call-up so that way he could stay and play in this game because the Galaxy, quite honestly, will probably need him and need him to play. 
play um, is also staying. So um, that's what you have in the next games. Then, of course, you have the Friday, July 19th game. First uh, El Trafico of 2019 as the Galaxy will host LAFC on Friday, July 19th, a 7 p.m. kickoff time broadcast nationally on ESPN. So that's sort of where the schedule looks and how it goes. Now let's talk a little bit about Orange County FC. This is an NPSL team. This is the last amateur team within the tournament. So uh, it's not, this is one of those rare times that you get a Galaxy team, uh, a professional, you know, first uh, senior team, first level of uh, or top tier of, of U.S. soccer playing against, I think, third or fourth tier of U.S. soccer right now in the MPSL. All these guys have like full-time jobs or at least part-time jobs that they have to have uh, in order to do this, and they play in the MPSL on the weekends. Uh, for Orange County FC, they, they're coached by a former L.A. Galaxy player, of course, uh, Paul Caligiri. Uh, he played for the Galaxy from 1997 to 2001, uh, spent the first season there in 1996 with the Columbus Crew, but in, uh, in Major League Soccer has 135 games played, uh, 123 starts, 9 goals, and 14 assists, over 10,000 minutes more than 9,000 minutes with the LA Galaxy more than 12 of or, or 12 of those assists with the Galaxy six of the goals with the Galaxy um, 113 of the games played and 102 of the games started with the LA Galaxy in the regular season so uh, he just knocked off the uh, the uh, Eric Winalda coached Las Vegas Lights uh, this was a crazy game. If you go back and watch it, it's actually one of the most exciting, one of the most entertaining games that you can ever see. But just craziness whenever you look at it. Uh, this is an Orange County FC team that likes to be compact defensively, right? This is this is Colorado. This is um, you know these are all the teams that you look at. This is New England all over again. Stay compact defensively and then run a counterattack. Stay compact defensively and then run a counterattack. Uh, they have some really interesting guys like. Uh, uh, Bl- uh, Blake Frischnick. Is that how you say it? Frischnick. Frischnick. He has, he has a crazy name. But anyway, uh, Frischnick was, was the, is the forward up there. Um, he's sort of like the, the number nine guy that sits up there. You're going to see him number 19. Uh, he's the guy, he's target striker. And he did an excellent job against Las Vegas in terms of finishing the chances that he got. Orange County didn't generate a ton of chances, but they generated those chances on the counterattack. And they really did a great job. Um, you know, Ryan Holland was in there. He was also a very good player. You had Brian Argez, who at one time played for Las Vegas and then now with Orange County, and he does a great job. Uh, the the left back um, with Aaron Lombardi, who is a, a very solid left back and who can actually get up the field and really likes to get into the forward and get into the attack. Um, so he's a dangerous guy there, and they've been backed up, quite honestly, by a stellar goalkeeping performance from David Preeze. Um, so all of these guys... Um, are, are, are good guys. I mean, if you look at the teams that they beat, I think they beat Cal FC uh, was their second round match. Their third round match was Las Vegas Lights. They're now in the fourth round. I don't remember who they beat the first round, but they beat some good teams. And, and I think Cal FC actually outplayed them in, in a lot of ways, um, but still were able to sort of come through this. So this is a team that is certainly not going to be phased too much by the fact that they're playing the LA Galaxy. Uh, I was hoping that Zlatan Ibrahimovic would be the number nine target striker out there and you'd have some of the defenders back there like Lombardi and Shelton and Lobsiger um, and Bryant sort of looking up to him being like, oh, geez, okay, so we're supposed to mark Zlatan. That's not going to happen, but this team is still good. They're very good at counterattacking, so they will sit back, especially on set pieces. I think that's sort of you know the biggest thing watching a couple of their games is that on set pieces, whenever they're defending, they're very good at taking that and turning that into an offensive turn, right? To go and take that out on the counterattack, to spread out the defense and sort of do it. And the Galaxy love to overcommit. Um, so when you overcommit, when you get the backs up the side, on the right side and the left side, uh, whenever you get those guys involved, uh, it tends to open up spaces in the center of the field, and that can obviously have a big impact on whether or not Orange County FC will have any sort of um, you know success against the LA Galaxy. It's a it's an interesting game in terms of the LA Galaxy absolutely should win it. It's also an interesting game just because you don't know whether or not. Um, you don't know whether or not you know the Galaxy are going to come out sort of taking this seriously. Uh, certainly, there has been a criticism of the Galaxy since the Bruce Arena days um, that the Galaxy don't take the U.S. Open Cup seriously. 
with a lack of hardware in the closet for the LA Galaxy and a lack of CONCACAF Champions League's appearances uh, ever since, you know, 2014, 2015 in that area, I think it would be wise of the LA Galaxy probably to take this one a little seriously, at least to get past this game. Uh, I'm not saying that means you need to have a whole full starting lineup, but you don't have any games basically for 20 days in between this. There should be probably no reason that you don't start uh, some of these guys. John Rojas actually texted me his his projected starting 11, so we'll give you that because uh, I'm sort of I'm sort of a question mark in a lot of this. But anyway, uh, David Bingham in goal, so get your first team keeper in there. Romney, Steris, Polenta, and Araujo. All right, that doesn't that's not a horrible sort of backline whenever you think about it. Um, you have Cuello and Kitchen uh, and Corona. Then you could go Alvarez um, and then Pontius and Boateng. All right, so those are sort of your your guys. I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Just want to make sure John got them all. I mean, it's a, it's a text message, so you know how that goes. Um, so yeah, I mean that those all make sense. You're you're gonna see the guys who are either the starters in their positions or you're going to see the backups to the starters, and that should be more than enough to, to quite honestly, blow the doors off of Orange County FC. The Galaxy need to score early in this game. All right, Orange County FC is going to be very defensive, and they're going to be quick on the counterattacks early in this game. So understanding that that's what they like to do, if you're the Galaxy, you have to come out and sort of say, okay, we're, we want to be solid defensively, solid through the center of the field, uh, and we want to put pressure on them to make a mistake early, because if they're down early, that game should be over. They don't have a possession-based game. Uh, Paul Caligiri, for as, for as wonderful as a soccer player as he was, is still playing with amateurs here. Um, and these guys don't get to train together a lot. They don't you know, necessarily get the training and everything else. So um, if the Galaxy can score early, that should shut everything down and really put Orange County FC away. That doesn't mean, again, that this will be easy. I mean, you looked at, they, they ended up beating Las Vegas Lights 5-3 to three in this. Uh, they scored two goals in the 89th and the 90th minute. Uh, this was after they were leading 2 nothing, um, you know, into the 24th minute. Uh, one was an own goal, one was a penalty kick goal. Um, or, excuse me, Las Vegas got a penalty kick goal basically in the 24th minute. So you, you had um, you had these good takes, these good counterattacks, these good finishes uh, from, from Orange County FC uh, that really allowed them to play their style of soccer, which had then kept up the pressure from Las Vegas, which then allowed them to open up, which then allowed... Orange County FC to sort of uh, take them again on the counterattack. So that's their game. Um, I thought it was interesting. The Jose Villarreal actually came in for Las Vegas Lights uh, whenever you saw this game. So that was a, that was an interesting take. Had a dead ball uh, free kick that ended up being a header uh, in the 85th minute. And then Orange County FC scored twice in the 89th and 90th minute to sort of put that game away. So that's what you should be expecting from this Open Cup game. Uh, it should be an easy win for the LA Galaxy. It should get them off uh, out of uh, out of round number four to round number five. Uh, I believe there is still a a redrawn, and it could still be regional, but there's a regional redraw after this. Um, and so then you'll sort of know uh, who the LA Galaxy, who will be in that pot, and who the LA Galaxy could possibly play uh, for the redraw of the round of 16. And then it goes quarterfinals, semifinals, and of course the finals. Uh, right now the quarterfinals scheduled, uh, excuse me, the round of 16 scheduled around June 19th. So still a possibility that the Galaxy could play another Open Cup game before they get back on July, or excuse me, June 22nd to play against FC Cincinnati. So That'll be a more interesting game, more more than likely MLS opponent. Um, in fact, I think it will be an MLS opponent, but uh, you're more than likely an MLS opponent. Um, and you're going to have to then sort of split it between that and the July 19th, um, excuse me, the July 22nd game, which is also an MLS game um, and something that you have to take very seriously in league and a game that, you know, really you should have a good possibility of winning whenever you go to FC Cincinnati. So we'll, of course, see how that all goes down. All right. Live show coming up on Thursday. No surprise there. Um, so everybody can tune in for Thursday. We'll have the recap of the Wednesday U.S. Open Cup game. Um, but that's sort of uh, where we stand with the L.A. Galaxy right now, who will be training uh, throughout this week. I believe they have an off day on Thursday, if I remember correctly, um, and that's sort of uh, sort of where they'll go. Excuse me, off on Friday, okay? So they basically train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. is the game. Thursday at 10 a.m. Is, uh, is a training session. Then they go off on Friday. They'll train on Saturday, train on Sunday, and then back on training on Monday, June 17th at 10 a.m. as well. So a busy week for the LA Galaxy in terms of training, uh, but that should sort of all get them ready for possibly that Ju July 19th uh, fifth round game, and then and then you look for the that uh, June 22nd game. I, I keep saying June and July like they're they're different, like they're the same month. 
all of these games taking place in June, June 19th. Um, so, uh, so we'll see that and then going to that June 22nd game against FC Cincinnati. So something still to watch there. Uh, the injuries that we're still watching out for, uh, Sebastian Legette trying to figure out exactly how healthy he is and where he's at with his left hamstring. Rolf Felcher, John told you, is away with uh, the Venezuelan national team. Uh, they'll still, they're still expecting him to play in that, but he has an injury. It looks like Didi Traore will be back and is available. Uh, finally saw an Instagram post from him that was sort of showing him at training and, and doing that. So uh, possibly uh, could see him in some of these games as well coming up. Um, but very interesting as the LA Galaxy continue to, uh, to go forward. Galaxy still uh, in, uh, in second place there in the Western Conference as we, uh, as we go forward. And while that Western Conference certainly remained the same there, uh, they are also now uh, behind or third in the Supporters' Shield whenever you look at the Philadelphia Union who, uh, who won in some of the few games that were going on over the weekend. Um, so they won, and now they're at 31 points. So it goes LAFC number one with 37 in the Supporters' Shield, Philadelphia Union second with 31, then the LA Galaxy in third with 28 points, then Montreal, DC United, Atlanta United, and the Seattle Sounders. A lot of Eastern Conference teams suddenly rising to the top while the Western Conference has been a little mediocre over the last probably three or four weeks. And that's one of the reasons the Galaxy have stayed where they're at uh, second in the Western Conference, but has allowed that Eastern Conference sort of to, to rise to the top. So uh, at least head to head wise, uh, the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, the Western Conference has been winning that. But as the Western Conference has been beating up on each on itself, uh, there's sort of been a little more separation in there with all these teams still you know, tightly packed together. Uh, you could basically go all the way down into 12th. Uh, 12th position right now is 21 points, so only six points ahead. Uh, excuse me, seven points ahead of the LA Galaxy at 28 points uh, is down basically halfway through the league with Minnesota United at 21 points. So uh, sort of tells you what the spread is and where everything is going. All right. I think that about does it for us uh, tonight. I, I just want to again thank Jan John Rojas for coming on the show and uh, and certainly helping us out whenever he can. He's a he's a great guy, uh, a really fun follow on Twitter at J R O J A S A seventy five. All right, J R O J A S A seventy five. Follow John Rojas on Twitter there. Uh, and, of course, catch them on a whole bunch of other things as well as we've already highlighted. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and, of course, at Galaxy Podcast, uh, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can get all of our uh, wonderful merchandise, all of our articles, all that fun stuff. Should have a fun U.S. Open Cup article about uh, the ticket redistribution I've been talking about with Jamie coming up here in the next couple of days. So look forward to that. Otherwise, we'll see you out at the game on Wednesday night. All the reporters usually sit in the very front, so make sure you stop by wave say hi say hi to john Ross. say hi to me say hi to larry morgan not on twitter all right uh i'm josh guessman you've been listening to corner of the galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com have a great one everybody you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy from the box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at galaxy podcast and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, Goodbye, everybody.